Welcome to Born to Hustle. I am Roham Carey, and I am here with Calvin. He is a men's health coach. He's been doing it around for six years. And Calvin, I have Sir, a question for you. I'm ready. First How one. How do you feel? How do I feel? Yeah. Mm. I felt great. Awesome. I had a little bit of co coffee this morning, a little bit of caffeine coursing through my veins. So mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. Awesome. How do you feel? I feel great. Do you have any idea? Dude, I've been doing a couple episodes lately, and something that I've been learning a lot is like, Everybody has definitely, definitely got a story. And sometimes when we go into the hustle, we, I've noticed that you really are not the only one that goes through a lot of bad stuff in life. Like you <laughs> acknowledge it. Like I see your videos. I see your content. I see everything that you've been doing lately. And it looks like you're doing very, very, very well. But I'm pretty sure that's not exactly how it started. So out of curiosity, what made you decide and ignited the hustle for you to become a men's health coach? Mm. Well, it depends on how you define things going well, <laughs> things not going well, because <laughs> your measure of success in what you're doing is not always about the numbers. Mm -hmm. Numbers are there to just make sure you're heading in the right direction, but as long as you're still moving, as long as you're being consistent, that's, that's testimony as to things are working, and as long as you're growing, because that's really what matters. And so... Like you said, I mean, some days are great. Some days are not so great. But that's okay. Like, you don't rely on things being good or things being bad to continue to make content or continue to help clients. Just like some days are good, some days are bad. So, yeah, I, I guess your main question was what ignited the hustle? What, where did it start? Yes. Man, I don't have, like, that great of a story. I wish I could tell you. I could, I, I've been trying to, like, make up this super cool, you know, origin story. I mean, I, I have a couple different stories that I like to tell. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite ones is like the short, fat, chubby version of Calvin, you know, when I was 12 years old. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't hate being fat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so what do you weird. mean? Okay, so, so what I mean by that is I had way more credibility with my humor when I was fat. People thought I was so funny because uh, I could like easily – you know, dial into just making fat jokes. And then people would be like, oh, God, this guy's fat. Like, fat jokes, this is funny. And so I, I had so much more uh, credibility with with uh, <laughs> being funny. And so, um, like, all jokes aside, I think that, I mean, you're 12 years old and you're starting to uh, say, like, oh, wow, like, girls are kind of cute. And, you know, that'd be cool if, if girls actually thought that I was, you know, attractive. And so... Then you start looking at the, you know, guys that girls find attractive and you're like, whoa, like, they don't like the tubby guy, you know? Oh, so yeah. like, that's what ignited the hustle. That's, that's what you realize, <laughs> like being fat and funny is no longer going to cut it. Yeah, like, it's like now well, you got to step it up. Huh? Yeah. Because so, that's exactly what I thought. It's like, I was fat and I was okay with it because I got credibility. It's like, yeah, because you had no choice. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what ignited the hustle. And this is what I always tell people is within my program the number one thing that people can walk away with is learning how to take imperfect action. So I legitimately remember one night I came home from, we came home from a Bible study or something. And it was, I, I had tried a few times, actually I'd never tried to get in shape, but my mom would try to, you know, get us in shape. And I remember specifically, uh, she made us run around the block, you know, and I have two brothers, older brother, younger brother, my younger brother's six years younger than me. So he's like, I mean, he's, he's young at 12 years old, you know, he's six years old. And so we, we go run around the block and our neighborhood is, you know, the worst running neighborhood of all time because it's got all these hills. So we run around the block and I literally almost die. Like I'm like literally crying and I'm just, I'm sobbing because I can't make it around the block. I'm like walking and like my little brother, he like passes me because he's, and he's, you know, tiny legs, he's six years old. And so like my mom had tried to promote, uh, you know, this, igniting this passion in my heart to become fit. And I just didn't really see any, like when someone else is telling you to do something, yeah. it makes you not want to do it even more. No, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I mean, me yeah. growing up, I used to be very responsible doing my shorts, but the moment they told me to do it, I'm like, you know what, bro? I'm not yeah. going to do it anymore. Yeah, I think so. that that's just me, though. I'm kind of like a very independent, like, freedom-driven person. And so, like, when someone tells me what to do, I'm like, I just want to do the opposite. Or I want to prove you wrong. And so then... I think that once it became like a decision of mine, 
literally that night I got from home from the Bible study, I stepped out of the van and I just started running. Like literally, it was like Forrest Gump. And I, I remember I ran around the block, almost died. And I was like, all right, that was, you know, that, that's, that's the start. And then uh, probably every single night, I mean, I don't want to say every single night because it's probably not accurate. You know, I didn't miss a single night. But 90% of the time, I would just go for a run every single night, you know, and I would just go as, as long as I could without stopping. And so, you know, I just jog. And, and again, the reason I tell people to take imperfect actions because the most optimal thing is always the most practical thing. So, you know, bringing this maybe back to a little bit of business talk is, well, what's, what's better, you know, for the hustle or what's better for making money? Is it, you know, having 10 businesses or one big business? It's like, whichever one is most practical for you, whichever one you enjoy, whichever one you can stick with. And so when people start off with their fitness journey, the first thing I can get them to do within my program is just take imperfect action. Because if you can't do that, then you're not going to, you're never going to learn. You're never going to be able to grow because that's the first step. So you just have to have a decision to take imperfect action. And that was what I did. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to eat healthy. I didn't even know the right things to eat. I just knew that, okay, well, salad's probably better than the double cheeseburgers I was eating. So I started eating salad instead of double cheeseburgers. Well, water is probably better than soda. So I started drinking water instead of drinking all the soda. I completely cut soda out. I've actually haven't had, and I'm, I'm not all for like cutting things out, but there is a reality that you have to have a little bit of non-negotiables with yourself. And so one of the things that I did was I, I cut out soda. I haven't had soda, you know, since, and not to say that I haven't had other things that are just as sugary, just as bad as soda, but it was just one of those little non-negotiable things. I was like, you know what? It's tangible. I don't need this. No more soda. So that, that, that was kind of what started it. That's what ignited it. And then what got me into the teaching people about how to do this stuff is, uh, again, not a, wow, aha, like amazing, uh, I had like something tragic happen or whatever. It wasn't even the fact that I used to be fat and, you know, now I want to help people out. Um, there is a little bit of that and there's, there's truth to that, but I was working at a, with my dad, he's a light bulb salesman. And so I started that, I graduated early out of high school and I started working with him when I was 16 years old. And so I, uh, I thought that I was going to do that for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be a light bulb salesman. So I, um, I really enjoyed that. My dad was a great boss. And then one day he was, work was just piling up and he's like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going to step down as manager. So we got this new manager and this guy was the biggest buffoon I've ever met. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm the type of person, if someone cuts me off in traffic, Okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They come back from traffic. Hey, you know what? They're probably headed to the hospital because their baby is about to be born. You know, so so that's that's that's, generous, that's, right? that's the type I am I try to be as generous as, with people as possible because there's this quote. It's never attribute malice to what you can contribute to incompetence. So it's like, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. It makes your life so much easier. So. If I say that this guy was a big buffoon, this guy was a big buffoon. I mean, this guy was a racist. This guy was, uh, he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was insane. So I had to get out of that job. I had to get out of that somehow. And so the first inclination was, okay, um, I've been doing this fitness thing for a while. Let's see if I can teach people how to do this. And I'd, I mean, I had friends that knew that I used to be the fat guy. Now I'm kind of the in-shape guy. So they'd always ask me for advice. And so I started giving them advice and was kind of essentially training people for free, giving people free advice. I was like, well, let's see if I can um, actually pursue this as a career. So, you know, I got certified, started working at a commercial gym. And so that's what ignited the fire was, I don't know, used to be fat. And yeah, then... <laughs> you, you basically got into it, basically. Yeah. You got it. Ex- out of necessi- necessity, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I understand. I mean, I never, I don't relate to what it means to be fat. <laughs> um, but I have eaten like one, that's for sure. <laughs> so when you say like, oh, probably a size better than a cheeseburger, and I'm like, absolutely not. I'll, I'll eat a cheeseburger at all times. I will oh, refuse yeah. to eat a salad. Mm-hmm. Anything that grows out of the earth is probably a sin to me. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, I don't eat any vegetables. I freaking hate them. And it's I, not don't, even because I don't, I don't, I don't really, really eat many vegetables You know either, what's interesting, yeah. though? I used to eat vegetables when I was a kid. Now as an adult, I refuse. Hmm. Legit. The only way I eat my vegetables is by cutting them and basically mixing it. And you got to get an air fryer, bro. Yeah. I mean, no. I don't, what? <laughs> you got to get an air fryer, dude. The vegetables in the air fryer are fire. I have never tried them on an air fryer, to be honest. You don't have an air fryer? I do. Okay, dude. But well, it's for chicken nuggets, so. That air fryer will change your life. Put some vegetables in there. It's amazing. Huh. Put anything in there, dude. Do you know that technically tomatoes are actually a fruit? 
I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, it's mostly because the law, you know, like, like basically, you know, anything's around it. Whatever. It's just out of curiosity because <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate tomatoes. And so I hate vegetables. And some guy throws me like, well, they're actually fruit. So they're just full of F. And I'm like, what? I'm not. I'm like, darn it. I was trying to eat vegetables. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be healthy. Yeah. I want to grow. I want to be. People want to lose weight. I want to gain weight. Mm. That's what I've been telling everybody. I, dude, this is the first year I'm finally a medium. If mm. you would have met me last year, I used to wear small. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not kidding. So I, I definitely need to eat better. That's for sure. And by eat better, I mean I need to eat a lot, lot, lot more. Something about mm. that just sounds very appetizing. So don't be talking about food in front of me, bro. I'll be eating. Yeah. So now that we know what ignited your hustle, and I mean, not everybody needs to basically get run over by a car in order to have the best hustle story. That's right. Not you just have to have the decision to do it. <laughs> yeah, legit, honestly. <laughs> you know, you talk about accountability a lot as well through your post, right? Mm. How come that you talk about that a lot? Let's see. So accountability, it, de- it depends on, it depends on, you know, who you're, who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, because the people that I work with, I don't work with anyone that is not already disciplined or motivated, especially because I do online coaching mm-hmm. and the things that I do within my program. Um, online coaching is not good for unmotivated people. Online coaching is that, that's why, you know, there's in-person stuff. That's why I don't do in-person anymore. And I can maybe give a little bit of backstory to that, um, in a minute. Um, but people who need someone to hold their hand, there's a specific type of person that can help them. I'm not that person. I'm not going to hold people's hand. And the people that, and because there's this guy that is very influential with the way that I train people, the way that I coach people. His name is Charles Poliquin. He's the greatest, most decorated strength coach of all time. He's trained over, I think it's 200 Olympic athletes, 23 Olympic gold medalists in, no, maybe 26 Olympic gold medalists, 23 different sports. So he's kind of like this, this guru for not just helping people get strong, but his methods and techniques are um, different because they've worked across multiple different sports. So that's kind of why he's really popular. And so one of the things when people ask him, like, what is your, what is the key to success? Why do you, why do all your athletes have success versus other people's athletes? And he said, well, I went to Russia one time. And I wanted to know the difference between the Russian weightlifters and the American weightlifters because the Russian weightlifters were blowing everyone out of the water, right? And so he said the biggest difference between the Russian uh, weightlifting team and the American weightlifting team was athlete selection. So they just chose better athletes. They chose the people with just better predispositions for success. So if I want to have people who are successful within my program, I have to have pre-qualifying aspects that already uh, create the probability of success in a much higher degree than someone who is not motivated. So to answer your question, why do you talk about accountability so much? It's not because the people that I coach need accountability, mm-hmm. right? It's because you need structure and you need a little bit of education because anyone who knows anything about succeeding knows that the quickest way from point A to point B is by having someone who's already done it before. And so a lot of times, you know, if, if, the reason I talk about accountability is because I can just give people an ebook. I can just give people videos to watch, right? But there's an aspect when you have a mentor, when you have someone walking with you through it, when you have someone that you can talk to every single week about your progress, how everything is going, then it just, it makes the process 10 times more effective and efficient. So I would say accountability is important for efficiency. And there's three, there's three things that are really important within my program um, that are helpful for people. It's accountability, structure, and education. So you need all of those layers to have success, but you need to start with a person that is already motivated, already disciplined. Because if you don't start with that, then you're going to use all your time trying to motivate them and give them pep talks when, you know, and that's, that's, that's not going to bring about sustainable change. So, you know, if you want, like you, you can go to someone else to like get all that out of the way mm-hmm. if you want to do that. But the people that, you know, work with me it's like all right you're already a specific type of person you're already there so we just need to get you the right information and then help you implement it properly and then you'll succeed it's it's so much easier when you work with people like, that are like that i and i actually 1000 percent believe you on that but not on the workout world but mostly like in the business world in general like even even when i even when i build a team having accountability it has become so much easier to manage compared to someone that you basically because 
I don't want to say in a mean way because I know my 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 brother. He has employees now. He's he's slowly becoming a white collar in his industry. So he's a CNC machinist. Mm. Anything that you can imagine out of metal, he has become basically a prodigy in that industry. He's been doing very, very, very well. And now that he's in the you know white collar industry where now he has operators and people underneath him and stuff like that, and he's basically growing the company that he works at. Um, he's like telling me like. Like he's coming for me for advice. It's like for for management of employees because I used to manage mm. some. I don't know if you have your own team and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but personally, having accountability has really helped out in regards to efficiency. Because if you're uh, making, if you're hold, if you're macro managing, like that's taking way out of your time. Imagine mm. that every single conversation, every single phone call, you're doing stuff as a business owner, and you always have to text, "What are they doing? What's going on? Yeah. Are they productive? What they should be doing? Have you asked yourself what?" you need to be doing after do i need to tell you everything from scratch like mm. it's the same thing as like looking for a ba mm. and my brother's telling me like this guy does not work and no sirve. like he's useless and i'm mm. like what do you mean i have to tell him everything mm. yep. everything and i'm like what do you mean it's like i have to tell him everything or else he's not going to do anything and if something goes wrong he always has any type of anything can be its fault but not him mm. Anything. Yeah. So maybe you can break accountability down into two different subcategories. So you have your accountability where you're hand holding, and then you have accountability where you're giving people ownership. And the people that are accountable with the ownership are the people that succeed mm -hmm. because they're taking the information, they're making it their own. And so then that's what creates sustainability because people, people don't see me as like, okay, here's this coach. He's going to be the one that gets me there. Mm -hmm. Right. If they see me as kind of like this, this, I don't know, maybe in too high of a, of a light, then they're going to rely on me to get them the results. When the purpose of my program is to not convince them that my program is the thing that's going to get them from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. My goal is to let them realize and understand that they ho hold the power to get them to point A to point B. So just giving them the right information. And then giving them ownership of that information and being like, all right, do this, do this. Okay, cool. People that are motivated, disciplined, boom, it's easy. Yeah, they do that. Legit. They have initiative. Yeah. They, they will do it. They get what it takes and stuff like that. So I completely agree with you. So now that I understand more about your program and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure, like, is that what kept you into the hustle? What's, what is it that kept you doing this for even though we know, like, what is a few, I know there's some pros and there's some cons. Like, what are the cons and what kept you in the hustle and what are the pros? Mm. So I would, I would start with maybe like another, another story. So once I, once I started at uh, LA Fitness, that's where I started training people. I learned very quickly that, first of all, they're just a money machine, right? So they were 25-minute sessions. So people would come in there and they would show up 15 minutes late and we'd have 10 minutes. And you're like, what are you going to do? How in the world are you going to help someone in 10 minutes? So I realized that, okay, well, in-person training is kind of a, I guess it's, I guess you could call it a sham. You know, there's, there's purpose for it. And the more I've been doing this, the people that are succeeding, the people who are successful, they're the ones that I would take those 25 minutes and instead of giving them a workout, I would give them a workout program. And we would just sit there and talk about the other things that were happening outside of the session. And that's what actually gave them results. So even from the get-go, the people that saw results were not the people that worked out with me for 25 minutes once or twice a week. They were the people that I sat down with in those 25 minutes and said, hey, how is everything else going? How are you sleeping? How's your nutrition going? I would educate them within that session being like, this is how much protein you need to be getting. This is, uh, this is the system that you kind of need to be applying to the rest of your life. And so the focus with in-person training, the problem with that is the focus is on the session. And plus you're paying by the session, right? You're paying hourly. And mm -hmm. so that trainer is only committed to you for the hour. So what, what do they care if you do on the weekend? What do they care, you know, the whole rest of the time where the results actually happen? Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about online training or online coaching is that you can, the entire focus is everything that happens outside of your workouts. And it, it's about ownership. And so that's, that's kind of like what I started seeing when I was at LA Fitness is I was like, all right, let's start in, uh, applying some of the some of the focus outside of the session. And then I kind of started doing that. And then I created a good system. And then once you create a good system, I realized that, oh shoot, all I'm doing is counting reps. 
all my clients, they know what to do. They know how much protein they need to be eating. They know the exercises and the workouts they need to be doing. I've taught them everything they need to know. Now I'm just taking their money. You know, there's no end goal with, with, with training, right? You just go there and you're like, all right, see you next week. All right, bye. What are you working for? You know, with, with coaching, it's like, all right, this is the amount of time that we're going to do. These are the processes and this is what I'm going to teach you. And then once you're done, you should have all the tools that you need. So you don't need me anymore. Like that's the purpose of it. So that's kind of like where the whole process started. And then to go more specifically into my niche, uh, I had a, my coworker, um, he bet me that I couldn't dunk a basketball. So I had this, I literally had a dream one night that I dunked a basketball. And I was like, that was cool. And then literally a week after I had another dream where I dunked a basketball. I was like, you know what? That would be cool if I could dunk a basketball. You know, going from this short, fat kid to like, you know, a couple years, or no, not a couple years later, 10 years later, dunking a basketball. That would be sick. And so, you know, that would, it's one of those things where people say that, you know, becoming a millionaire, the purpose of it isn't to have the money. The purpose of trying to become a millionaire is the things that you learn along the way. So I was like, you know what, if I get to a point where I can dunk a basketball, or even pursue that, then I'm going to learn a lot about myself. I'm going to learn a lot about life and just, I'm going to learn a lot about training, improving, you know, and I'll be able to help, help my clients better with performance, things like that. And so I started to pursue this. And so, uh, the, the bet was if I can dunk a basketball by the end of the year, he'd get me a coffee mug. So literally like, it was like December 28th or something like that. I dunked for the first time. It was off a lob. And you know, if people are listening to this, I'm, you know, five, eight, and I have the complexion of a, you know, polar bear. So it's, it, everything is against me, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My, my, my bad. I'm five, six. What is yes. that supposed to mean? But so all I'm saying is you can dunk if you want to, but what happened was whenever you're pursuing something, guess what happens? Mm. You fail. And one of the ways that I failed was I started kind of doing all these things that everyone recommended on social media. I just, listened, I, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was just like, yo, let's just try to jump. I was jumping all the time. And so guess what happened? I started getting knee pain. I started to get hip pain. I started to just get ankle pain, started to get tendonitis in my knees. And so I was like, oh crap. So I, you know, got to this point that was cool, but then I had to start backtracking and it got me down this road of joint health and, uh, kind of mixed with like performance training. And then I was training general population. So you have, you know, athletes and you have general population. So I was kind of in this weird realm where I was training people that were like grandmas, you know, or, you know, 60 year old guys. But the things I was learning was how to, you know, get through joint pain to help athletes perform better. And so what I had to do was I had to learn how to take this stuff that I was learning and apply it to the general population. Because the reality is that we're all athletes in some sense. We all have to perform in our life in some sense. Mm -hmm. You know, your grandma, she just has to be able to pick the, you know, the crock pot from the top, um, from the top drawer, yeah, you know, where, you know, someone else, a football player, he's, he's just, he's got to perform on Sundays. Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's got to be taking, taking a beating. So I started to adapt the way that I was training, the way that I was coaching people, um, into, uh, regressible and progressible exercises and means. So that's when I got into, um, and I, I started being mentored by Ben Patrick. He's known as the knees over toes guy. I'm not like super into, his like ideology. Mm -hmm. I think that semantics are really important. And I think that their marketing the way that they market is a little bit too away from the truth than I would like to, um, kind of agree with, but, uh, their exercises are incredible because the first principle that, that they start from is this idea of regressing enough to where some of these exercises, your grandma could do it. And then you can also progress the same exercise. If you, you know, go in a, in, in, in within the right progress, to, you know, your, your stud football players or basketball players using the same exercise, but it's just like, now you got 225 pounds on the bar on your back <laughs> versus like your grandma where she's just, you know, kind of holding something assistance and just kind of doing the exact same exercise, but it's just, it's the same exercise regression and then progression. So, um, I, I was mentored by Ben and then Ben freaking blew up. I mean, he, he's all over the internet now knees over toes guy. You can go check him out. And then that got me into this whole realm of just understanding pain, understanding joint pain specifically. Um, and then I kind of started, um, going through this, this course of, it's called range of strength. So his name's Lucas Aaron. You can go check him out. And he's kind of this guy that I, I'd always thought of flexibility as this 
kind of yogi. You kind of like, you see the guys that are doing the flexibility and they're like kind of like weak and scrawny. They're kind of all hippie. And then you have the strong guys. You have the power lifters that are kind of, you know, a little bit bigger. And you're like, oh, you know, that's, I would rather do that. Well, then Lucas came onto the scene and he's like, he's like the perfect mixture. I mean, he can do the splits. He can, I mean, he, his, his range of motion is absolutely incredible, but he's also jacked and he also can lift. And so he was kind of the first one to introduce me to this idea. I was like, wow, you can be jacked, but you can also be extremely flexible. And so then I started to kind of dive into some of his ideologies and got, um, you know, certified through the range of strength. And I started applying that again to my clients and I saw incredible results with them. People were getting out of knee pain. I started, you know, training some athletes, helping them out of knee pain, hip pain. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And so that's, that's kind of like when you talk about like, okay, well, like what kept you in the niche? I think it was just this pursuit of learning a bunch of new stuff because when you're starting out, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you start being mentored by some of these people through your own problems and your own ex experiences and your own uh, failures, honestly. And then you start to, you know, find these problems and then you start to create your own system. You know, you start to kind of take some of the stuff that you uh, enjoy from your mentors and then some of the stuff that you don't necessarily enjoy and it kind of becomes your own thing. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of my main mission now is helping men just reduce their joint pain because I mean, that's just huge, but it's, it's, it's a whole system. Again, you can, you can, that's why social media sucks is because you go on there and you see someone doing an exercise and then you start doing the exercise and then that's it. You know, you're like, where, where's the, where's the, where's the sustainability? Where's the education? Where's the, where's the guidance in this? And so when you have a system to teach all this stuff, then you make sure that you're going through the process correctly. Because I, I, again, this is something else that I failed at with my clients. And if any of my clients are listening to this, I'm sorry, I failed you on this. It took me too long to figure this out. But it's this idea that, that you, you have to have, you have to have the right steps in place. Okay. So you have to address the low hanging fruit first. So if I were to, if you were to come in here and say, Hey, Calvin, like, uh, my knees are really, really hurting. Can you give me an exercise to help? And, um, I liken it to me being your mechanic. Well, you bring me your car and you're like, Hey, that my car's making this weird sound. Can you fix it? And I'm like, dude, your car doesn't have any wheels. You don't have any gas in your car and you haven't changed your oil in two years. You know, let's start with those things first before we start addressing, like before I start giving you these these exercises. Yeah. So one of the things is for every one pound of fat that you lose off your body is four pounds of pressure off your joints. Let's start there. You know, let's start with your nutrition. Let's start with your sleep because one of the things that you learn very quickly is that pain is 100% associated with your brain. So a lot of times what happens is, I'm sure you've heard this before, is people always talk about, oh, you know, I had this injury back in high school and it's still nagging me. You're like, what? An injury back in high school, shoulder injury from high school, the, there's, there's, there's no damage there anymore. The, the, the tissue is healed. The tissue is fine. Well, why is there still pain? That's the thing about pain is that pain is not necessarily an indicator of a problem and vice versa. So just because you have pain, it doesn't mean there's actually tissue damage there. I've, 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 and that's, that's, the, that's the thing that just completely blew my mind when I started getting into understanding pain management is it's a brain problem. You have to train your brain out of pain. And so a lot of times when you do a lot of these exercises, like, again, I, I make a lot of videos about this is let's say that, you know, some, your doctor says, Hey, you got to do planks, you know, because that's going to help your core. Yeah. Or you see a, you know, a TikToker or Instagram influencer say, hey, do this exercise for your hip and it'll get you out of pain. Yeah. Well, then you start doing that. And then you're like, well, this, this actually feels pretty good, right? This feels great. Well, it's not because you're doing the plank. It's not because you're training your core. It's because you're just moving any movement is going to make, you know, start the adrenaline. I mean, when you, whenever you do a warm up, you put some music in or heck, you know, just try like putting on some music and just start dancing. All of a sudden your ankle's going to start to feel better. Your back's going to start to feel better because human movement's an amazing thing. So it's, it's, it's not like this, you know, this super complicated issue um, with why some of these things work. It's just the reality that, okay, you have to address the low hanging fruit first. Let's get our sleep in order. Let's get our exercise in order. Let's get movement in order. Like how, how often are you moving? Well, I sit at a desk all day and, uh, you know, then I go home and watch TV for two mm. hours. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Or, I mean, you know, those aren't the type of people I work with. The majority of the type of people I work with, it's like, yeah, I, I'm, you know, like Jim, Jim Garrett, 
You know, he, he works 12 hours a day. He's a CEO. He's a business owner. Yeah, he's true. like, dude, like, you know, I, I'm sitting all day. I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. You know, people that are hustling, like they don't, um, there's, there's little things here and there. It's like, man, if you just kind of get these low hanging fruit things out of the way, those, those are some, some really simple things that can help. Oh yeah. 1000%. Uh, with Jamie in mind, oh gosh, I see him working. Yes. I hey. personally used, yeah, I, I'm in the hustle too. I had to, if you ever see me doing phone calls, I'm always walking. Yeah, I'm walking everywhere. It's the only way because I remember I know what it means to be there for eight hours a day, sitting in a desk, doing phone calls, being in my laptop, and so on. And and it, and I do feel how lazy I feel to even do anything beyond that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I completely agree. And by the way, um, now that I understand more about what kept you into the hustle, that actually makes so much sense. Like that, I can tell you definitely been doing this for six years. Hmm. And I didn't even I didn't even know about the the whole uh what you might call it the, the joint stuff mm. the pain and stuff like that because I got back pain but that's because of the military mm. but if you're saying that that's, that's a all, lie yeah it's a limiting you, belief I'll yeah tell you. exactly so if you're saying it like that I'm not like, because of the military your brain's just your brain just hasn't learned that it's okay I'll I'll run you through an assessment man oh, really? says we'll go down there I'll run you through an assessment I'll show you some some, I mean, some stuff to do if you cure my back pain I'll literally give you a hug and a high five oh dude okay let's do it and then I'll give you a cup of coffee maybe an energy drink every now I mean I don't think you drink energy drinks no, right I don't do energy drinks oh, I used to that was like the thing I used to be addicted to them yeah like massively addicted to them yeah yeah it's okay I mean there's nothing wrong with, with I, I had to remove it yeah no legit I couldn't even function I used to actually buy so this was actually in Tennessee when I realized that I had an an, an addiction. And addiction is actually like, normally, the only bad thing about addictions, and it has to do with habits, you normally acknowledge them when you already have it. Yeah. And that's the only bad thing. I only acknowledge I was addicted to caffeine, specifically to energy drinks, because I couldn't, like, whenever I don't have one in my hand, like, I used to have Rockstar, Monster, specifically Nostin Rockstar, more mm. often than, than ever, especially the Fruit Punch flavor, don't ask me mm. why. Um, but anyways, so when I used to have it, Every time I work on my car, gosh, having an energy drink right now would be awesome. Or every time in the office, gosh, right now having an energy drink would be awesome. Mm. And like, that was used to be a continuous thing. It's like whenever I don't have one, I'm just like, dude, and it, it, like I couldn't do anything that has to do with hustle without one. Mm. It came to the point that when I realized it, I had to remove that addiction. And I was always like, my mouth used to get watery every time I see one. The smell alone, I don't, I've never smelled like every essence of energy. I was like, oh my God, dude, I cannot believe it smells this good. That's why I keep drinking it. Like, like that's like, I mean, have you ever seen like that, like that one taco that really gets you tempted mm. with the meat and everything? And then you oh just, yeah, yeah. chilaquilas, bro. Oh, that's my taco. Oh, dude. It, and then you're just like, you chilaquilas. can't help it. And Oof. you're just like, dude, I, ha I have to have it. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I don't have to have it, but I do want it. Well, the thing is, <laughs> my friend Jonah at the time, he used to like, oh, he used to, he's the one who, who drinks energy drinks as well. So whenever he opens it, I can smell it. And I was so tempted. Mm. He came to the point that I used to buy an energy drink just so I can have the weight in my hand mm. that's it didn't even drink it nothing like that and sometimes and it's crazy it went this deep I used to buy an energy drink at the gas station so I can have the experience that I bought one mm -hmm. oh me. yeah that's that's the thing people's habits go so deep like yeah. that yeah. and then you try everything to justify it mm -hmm. everything even though it's illogical yeah. but mine was that to that degree and I remember how fat I was getting and I was getting and I was always moving I was always not fat but like fittish kind of mm. wise always been kind of skinny but i saw myself like to the point that i couldn't even lift anymore mm. like whenever i lift something like i guess i got lazy i don't know what the heck happened to my body i don't know if i was i don't know how deep my addiction was i know that it was deep enough that i needed to buy the weight just so i can have the weight in my hand mm. and by the time we were going to the field because at that time i was doing sales I used to I used to give my friend the energy drink. So to the point that he stopped buying energy drinks because mm. he knew I was gonna buy one, so I can have the weight in my hand, and I was gonna give it to him. Mm. And I had to eat apples and stuff like that just so I can remove that addiction. It was bad. Mm. I'm telling you, it was pretty bad. Yeah, so. I, that's that's a hard topic because there's two there's two ways you can deal with that. And as a coach, you have to be able to find solutions that work for the client. So. I had a I had a client one time. She was uh she's just the ultimate savage mother. Like she had two kids, they were in high school and I mean she's she was just go 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 go. And she was just addicted to caffeine. And so, you know, obviously like optimally you'd be like, "Hey, we got to get off caffeine because, you know, it's it's kind of destroying your 
mood throughout the day and fluctuating your energy levels, whatever. But the reality is like, man, she had stuff to do, you know? So maybe getting off caffeine could have been the best thing for her. And there's, there's some, um, there's some supplements and stuff that you can take that, that make that process a lot less, e- like a lot easier, mm-hmm. a lot less, uh, more difficult. You don't get a lot of headaches and stuff. So you can do that, but, or you can just say, Hey, you know what we can do? Um, let's just try to reduce it a little bit, or maybe, um, just say it's, it's okay. Like it's totally fine. Give her permission to do that because then at least she stops worrying about it. At least she stops thinking it's, it's a detriment because then now she, that's just one less thing she has to worry about. So what happens with some of these people is they get so stressed out because they're not doing the optimal thing, right? They're not, they're not doing the morning routine. They're not, you know, meditating. They're not breathing right, whatever. You can overstress people. You can give people paralysis by analysis just by throwing information at them. That's true. So the end goal is to actually help people. And so, okay, well, what is going to help this person? Maybe for this person, Losing extra fat is going to help this person. Maybe for this person, gaining some muscle is going to help this person. Maybe this person doesn't have freaking time to go into the gym and gain all this muscle. So let's just walk every single morning. You know, just getting that one extra thing that can really help someone and then giving them the information and the power because people go through different seasons and different periods of their of their life. And so one of my mottos for my clients is maintain, 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 make gains. So life is, you know, if you can just maintain, 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 maintain your progress and kind of keep your head above water, well, that's better than drowning. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do is, you know, they get busy or people are hustling all the time and they're like, oh, shoot, I have a new baby or I'm working on my new business. Forget my health. Screw that. Like, whatever. It's all or nothing. They're like, let's just let's just drown. Let's just drown my health for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then while I work on my business and then they wake up one day, they're like, oh, wow, how did I, how did I get so unhealthy? It's like, well, you put it aside for two or three years while you're working on your business. If you would have just learned how to maintain, Mm -hmm. then you would have been at this starting point versus, you know, having to work your bay all the way back up. And then now you have a season in your life where you can actually, you know, pursue getting a little bit more shredded. You can pursue because now you have the information and tools. That Um, is true. So it's, that's, again, you have to see it as a long process. You can't just see it as like, hey, what are we going to do in the next six months to get you there? It's like, no, what are we going to give you in the next six months so that you can have a sustainable understanding of what you need to do for the rest of your life? So you can maintain, 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 and then whenever you have the time, make gains. Yeah, 1,000%. You remind me of something. Consistency is far more important than volume. So yes. that is far more important, and I know exactly what you mean. And this advice, um, I got it from somebody who trained me before, and it was like, just if just go to the gym or just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, even if you did a walk, if you're sore, just be there for the environment. Remember, that's that's your that's your go-to place. Yep. And I, I remember, like, even to this day, I still go to the gym, but mm. I don't challenge myself. I'm telling mm-hmm. you this right now. I'm not lifting. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna catch me sweating and heavy breathing right now. Yeah, sure, I have my moments where I have a month or two when I'm actually working out and actually trying to do so. But most of the time, it's just maintenance training. Yeah, I'm just doing it just to be there. Exactly. And you just gotta remind yourself if if you're be- if you're starting, you're not an athlete, so don't start like blasting yourself with mm. with all the weights and all the workouts because the next day you will be sore and. Chances are you're not going to come back. Yeah. And personally, you should come back. Just don't push yourself again. Just take it easy. Yeah. Pasito, pasito, dale suavecito. Mm, yep. And I, don't know, yes. I don't know if you understood what I just said. Slow, I have no idea, slow but it sounds good. And, slow and st- <laughs> I, uh, What's the quote? Hold on. I have another quote. Uh, slow is fast or no. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you disagree or agree, but yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Gotta, and, and that's the thing is like some days... Like it's, it, it applies in from a, from a macro sense. It also applies in a micro sense. So, uh, I have one of these things. I buy one of these for all my clients. It's called the whoop band. It's like a recovery, uh, band. And I mean, I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, but I, I, I've been wearing it for like three years. And one of the things I've noticed is that some days your body's doing good. Other days your body's doing bad. And so sometimes if you give yourself permission even to have bad days that's better because that's better than going in the gym and being like well today i'm not just i'm not feeling it today because like it's okay have yeah. a bad day yeah, it's yeah. totally fine that's gonna be the majority of the time you know yeah, one thousand percent what is it that you you know you know what now that you're talking about it like this you know what you just sparking me <laughs> some people go through some challenges and you really thought you were not gonna have a hard time yeah oh so you started a business and you really thought nothing everything was gonna go smooth you yeah. were not gonna have any challenges whatsoever so you decided to work out and you decided that you were just gonna be perfect at all times like mm. no you gotta be you gotta let's be let's be honest 
there's going to be challenges no matter what the heck you do. If yeah. you're not working out, you're going to face challenges. Mm-hmm. Now you're lazy in a way. And by lazy, I don't mean that you're not productive and maybe you're working, you're more, uh, you know, productive elsewhere. But by lazy, I mean that you're not going to go out there and work out. you got yeah. those habits already. It's difficult sometimes. Yep. It's like, but guess what? What challenges are you going to face? Pain. Yeah. Maybe, uh, let's just say you're in a situation where you're going to face a circumstance where fitness maybe will be a little bit beneficial, but you're not there yet. So therefore, you're definitely going to feel it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, it's something that you just parted inside of me. So mm-hmm. I remember every time I talk, every time I talk to people, even when I was in finance profession, it was like, you really thought you were not going to face challenges? So what do you think was going to happen? Smooth sailing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you thought it was going to happen? Well, I th- what, what happens and why people think that is because all people see when someone succeeded is that moment. And especially on social media, because let's say you go to my Instagram, right? You see me, oh, wow, he's a, he's a pretty fit guy. You didn't see anything else. You didn't even see that morning. You didn't even see the, the fact that when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I do not want to go to the gym today. All you saw was me go at the gym lifting weights. Yeah. So what happens is people have this, this false idealism where they're here, and I call this the slope of success. Okay. So people say, ooh, look, new shiny thing. Let's go try that. They don't know all the things that are you know behind yeah. it. You know, so then they go and they they try this new shiny thing, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh wow, this is a lot harder than I was gonna I was expecting." Mm-hmm. So then they see new shiny thing, and they say, "Oh look, new shiny thing." Well, that, that looks that looks better. When in reality they're here, right? So they're 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 going up on the slope of success, and then they get to this point where it's like, "Ooh, new shiny thing," and then they go over here, and then they're starting to go up, and then they stop. Yeah. So they just keep going down, and then what happens when you go down after you realize that it's hard? is you can you start to actually learn different things about, oh, well, this is why it's not working. Oh, let's try this. And then you start to go upwards. So that's the slope of success. You go up first, and then what happens is most people quit the second that they see, oh, look, new shiny thing that may not be as hard. And they, they fall into the trap over and over and over again. Yeah, consistency is always more important than volume nonetheless. So if you're doing multiple terms of incomes, that's great and all, but if you're doing... But if you have no consistency, that you're obviously gonna have that. that. And besides, yeah. and you if you can slope, consistently right? do volume, yeah, even better. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. If you can have that magical, <laughs> that magical instance, then yeah. But like, but if you think, but you're talking about a slope, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever who doesn't think that doesn't mean any challenges has never gone up a mountain. Yeah, exactly. and I mean actually hike. Have you ever hiked a mountain? I, oh yeah. I, oh, trust me, I hike mountains. I done. My dad, my dad, and my my uh, older brother, they're almost done with all the 14ers in Colorado. Okay. It's a classification, anything over 14,000 feet. I think there's... Geez, but don't you don't have to this flex. You don't have to flex. No, I, I, I'm not that's, flexing. That's it, my brother and my dad. Yeah. Well, they're, so, they're doing very well. Yeah. I, I think I went to Bridgeport once upon a time. It was we was 4,000 feet, and then we went we went up, up to 11,000 feet above sea level. Nice. But... You're like... <gasps> oh, no. My, my, <laughs> actually, um, I paid off my... Back then, I used to have a Note, Note 9. Mm. I fully paid it off, and I was so happy. And I remember I wanted to take pictures because... They all, uh, my fellow Marines, they all tell me how um, up there is beautiful. I mean, it's going to suck, ice cold water, you know, whatever. Cool. Not the first time I heard terrible things are going to happen to us. Cool. So by that time, I got used to it. So um, we go up there, and I was like, dude, I'm excited to take a picture. Guess what happened to my phone? Hmm. I broke it in half. Guess it was in my pocket. I completely forgot it was in my pocket. <laughs> and you know what? Even in, uh, in the morning, I reflect on it. I remember we did cross ice cold water. What the heck was I expecting? It was still in my pocket. I completely forgot it was in my pocket, dude. I was literally, I was literally watching YouTube and it's like, we're here. Go, go, go. And I'm like, oh, go. and I immediately, without thinking, I immediately went to get my, <laughs> the, the main pack and everything. And we were already getting invaded. We we're already running through, whatever, dude. So it was fun. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. That's what it's, that's what it's like. That's but yeah, like the like. mountains, you're climbing a mountain. It's going to hurt. Your feet <laughs> yeah. are going to hurt. Everything is going to hurt. Now it's up to you if you want to continue and reach to the top which is equals to success or equals to the goal that you're trying to achieve or are you gonna stop which is it's okay to rest mm. but are you gonna go down the mountain or up the mountain mm. you know what i mean see that's why i think i think fitness and specifically strength training is so beneficial because you get that practice every single day you go to the gym and there's always this point where you don't want to do the last set you don't want to do the ra- last rep and it's just hard you know so you're constantly reminding yourself that it's not going to be easy and you're constantly overcoming that so then your brain learns oh yeah it's hard but you can overcome and you're practicing that like it i mean that's that's the real magic behind strength training is you're getting that i like that i mean look at all the really really successful business people 
They all, they all work out. They're all in really, really good shape. And so why is that? Is it because uh, what's the correlation there? And it's, it's because you're just, you're training yourself to remind yourself that it's going to be hard and you're overcoming that. That's all that it is. I just thought they feel good. And they feel, yeah, they feel really good. I mean, there's, there's so many reasons that we can like touch on the benefits that strength training and working out and just moving your body and feeling your body properly, getting the proper sleep can have on your performance in your business and in your hustle. I mean, it's, it's, it's unmatched. 1000%. Yeah, honestly. And besides it's inspirational because uh, I forgot the philosopher, but it's a Greek or maybe I'm, I'm mistaken. Someone in Europe. Um, mm. He says that the biggest sin that you can commit is not seeing the full potential that you can body, your body can be. Oh, yeah. But he said it more specifically towards a man. Like the, the biggest sin of a man is not knowing what his full body is capable of. Yeah. And, yeah, I 1,000% agree. Yeah, 1 billion percent agree. We as humans, we have a lot of potential. And it's up yeah. to you if you really want to tackle it. And now that I've known what kept you in the hustle, what started the hustle and stuff like that, what would be an advice you would give yourself when you started? Like maybe, and what point? Like maybe not, yeah. maybe not twelve year old you, because twelve year old you will be like, oh, that's that's really cool, Calvin. Cool. So I'm gonna become a men's health coach. Cool. All right, cool. And then he's just gonna go back minding his own business, right? Mm. But what would you? What would be an advice when you, like, a, a younger version of you, maybe when you were one year into the business, or maybe the beginning of the business? What could have been? What would have gotten you where you're at right now a lot more simple or however you want to describe it? What would be an advice that would you give yourself in general? Just learn from people who've done it before. Learn from people who've done it before. I mean, all, all of my great progress that I've had in anything across life is talking to someone who's been in the position that I want. Now, this is difficult because you don't just want to listen to anyone's advice because everyone's giving you advice. Everyone's telling you to do stuff, right? So don't listen to the, like, don't listen to people that aren't where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Go find the people that are where you want to be and then just, all right, teach me, pay them, you know, quickest way from point A to point B. 1000%. Okay. Right, so don't reinvent the wheel, pick their brains and stuff like that. Yep. Have a second opinion and whatnot. Yeah. Preach it, brother. I want yeah. person. To, I want. And I think agree. that you know one of the things. So we have we have different levels, and in my brain, I have different levels of purpose, okay. right? So we have like a little bit of like, what's your drive for the hustle? Um, it's a little bit of like, oh, for my clients, or you know, for my own, you know, pursuit of business or whatever. But you know, for me, the underlying purpose is, you know, what I believe is that Jesus was who he says he was. Okay, so you can fundamentally come to whatever conclusion you want to come to about life because that is the most important thing. Why do we do anything? You know, asking and asking yourself the three most important questions like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And what happens when we die? And that's why we do, that's literally why we do anything. I mean, we, the reason why people pursue fitness, right, is because they don't want to die or they want to preserve their lives a little bit longer, make their lives better before they die. Everything that we do revolves around us dying, you know? Oh, so yeah. the purpose of everything that I do is like, all right, well, what, what happens? What, what, how do I answer these three, these three questions? Okay, well, there's a lot of different ideas out there. Which one's true? How do we know what's true? Okay, well, one of the things is like Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, well, is that true? Okay, well, go look at the information. Go, go study that for yourself, you know? And what I believe and the faith that I've been given, mm -hmm. I believe is, you know, I believe that he was who he says he was. And who he says he was, was he was, he was the son of God. He was God himself in the flesh. And that the only way to him is that he's the way, the truth, and, truth, and the life. And no one comes through to God, but through him. And so that's my motivation. That's my entire purpose. And one of the things that, okay, so that's my first principle. And then you start, uh, deriving different aspects from that truth. Okay. So once you have your first principle established, the other things you believe are all, uh, stem from that thing. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I believe is that the man has a specific role that God has given him, uh, that's different from, that's different from the woman. And he has four specific roles. It's he's the prophet, he's the priest, he's the provider, and he's the protector. And so my main role for hustling as a whole, number one is because I was created to hustle. God has created man to work. He's created man to cultivate the ground. He has created us to, to build and to sweat and to create things to bear his image. So God is spirit, 
right? And so he said, you know what? Let's, let's personify the spirit by creating the physical. So then he creates time and matter, uh, time, space, and matter, okay? And that's us, you know? So we have the ability now to represent the image of God. And so one of the ways that we do that is by the hustle, mm-hmm. by, by um, you know, by working hard and um, just cultivating the ground. So that's one of the reasons is like, I think it's embedded in every male to go out there and hustle, go out there and get it. You know, there's, there's, there's competition out there. Like that's what, that's why we're competitive. It's like, oh, cool. I want to hustle harder than you. And, you know, just let's, let, let, let's go, let's work for it. So that's one of the reasons. And then I think the other reason is like, look, if push comes to shove uh, and I'm a shopping cart, pusher at Costco or HEB or wherever. I'm going to do that, you know, just as I'm going to hustle with that just as much as I'm doing with what I'm hustling now. Mm -hmm. Because I also not only have an obligation to be an image bearer of God, but I also have an obligation to be a protector and a provider for my family. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so like whatever it takes, whatever it takes to provide financially for my family, whatever it takes to protect them financially, that's why I do what I do. And so if this, it, it really is just a means to an end and it's a means to an end that again, it doesn't highlight myself. And I think that that's the difference between the way that I look at things and maybe the way that someone who doesn't believe what I believe looks at things is they're like, I'm in the hustle for me. I'm in the hustle to prove it to myself, to prove it to the world that I am blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not about me. It's about bearing God's image and it's about providing and being the man that God has called me to be for my family. And I can do that whether I'm a health coach, whether I'm pushing carts at Costco, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That's why I hustle. World domination. World one, domination. One he, thousand, well, that's Jesus like, is going to dominate the world. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm ready for that. <laughs> 1,000%. Okay. Mangalari, you dude, you got me very invested with that speech. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You got me so invested. I was like, yeah, <laughs> preach it, sister, preach it. <laughs> you almost got me like standing up with the lie like it's a concert. Like, yeah. Right. Let's continue. go. <laughs> That's right. It's a deep purpose because it's true. Oh, gosh. No, right. But if you really believe it, I run thousand percent. Like I felt it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. We almost gonna. I was gonna turn off the lights and everything. Get the <laughs> get the. Just like, just like this guy's preaching. Might just want to get into a remix. That's right. So I loved it, bro. So now that we now that we have learned so much, and by the way, we're almost at the end of the podcast, and I had a blast having a conversation with you, bro. I really did. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's the same thing as that one meeting. So yes, we, we have some really good conversations. So one thousand percent, God, man. I have like one twenty billion more questions, but. To be honest with you, maybe they'll be in a separate in a separate session. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got four minutes left, so now I'll ask a question to you. Okay. Well, actually, is now your shout out? Anything you want to promote at all? For the last thirty seconds. Shout out. Yeah. Oh, cool. Any, anything you want to promote yourself and somebody else? I mean, you kind of you kind of shout out a lot of different creators. To be honest with you, but I mean, oh, yeah. this is this is your time. Cool. All right. So the best way you can find me and understand what I do is you can follow me on Instagram. That's my main platform. So it's at long haul coaching and the at is you know for people who don't know instagram that's the handle so it's just long haul coaching mm. uh sounds or spelled exactly how it sounds and it's a picture of me and a horse so just to prove that i'm from texas okay yep and then uh i, I post on linkedin periodically too as well um and then i offer free you know health audits for people i have a free um guide to joint pain and uh i just have a lot of free stuff so if you're interested in that free stuff you can we can also get on a free uh, health audit call. Just let's talk, man. Honestly, free fifty free sounds like the best price ever. Oh yeah, and you dude, cannot if... com- you cannot compete with free fifty free. No, free fifty no. free. That's right. All right, guys. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate you, Kaba, for coming over here. I really do appreciate you taking the time, not just talk to about what ignited and stuff like that, but also giving the advice that you have given us. And nonetheless, I mean, I'll see you guys next time, and thank you for listening to Born to Hustle.